He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you on a PGA Championship Monday. We are in Tulsa, Southern Hills, the PGA Championship. What a beautiful day it was. Tiger Woods was on the course. All the local guys spoke today. Abe, Gooch, Ricky, Victor, those guys spoke today. I mean, we just, what a day at Southern Hills, boys. What a start to the week. Dude, it's Monday. My feet are killing me. <laughs> and I sat on the range all day. I mean, that thing, <laughs> that place is a is a beast. Tyler, you got there early I'm enough. I'm tired. Dude, you, I was there for wanna, 10 hours. What time did you leave Chick this morning? Uh, Five. So my dog jumped on my head at 4.30, so that's when I woke That's Odie. Odie's a good dog. He wanted you to get up here and see Tiger. Yeah, yeah so, good boy. So what, get up and see Tiger. So T-Dub. Tiger played the back nine. What hole did you catch Tiger on? 12 fairway. Oh, man, you did get there pretty early. Yeah, it was I didn't realize it was, you got there that early. Oh, it was marvelous. I, oh, God. I, I, I caught him on 17 green. <laughs> like, I'm, like this, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this right now, but no no BS. I cried when I saw him. I really did. <laughs> I cried. I couldn't believe it. Now, <laughs> I define, about the define, define cried. You teared oh, up? Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't that. It was like. It was just like a slight yeah, tear. It was like, it I was, like it. It was like you feel something on your cheek. You're like, what the hell is that? And you're like, oh, my God. You know, I'm crying. I mean, because it, it was so emotionally overtaking. I couldn't believe I was seeing what I was seeing. And, I mean, just my heart and everything. My whole week's complete. And like Sam said, it's only Monday. I mean, just to get what we got in today, truly special. I'll say this, you know. One thing I realized from watching Tiger is that if you know the course layout, you can get ahead of people so much easier, and you can get a lot better views. So if you've been listening mm-hmm. to our show over the last few months, listening to us tell you the spots to go and all that, you're going to have a lot Although, better. fair point, it's just Monday. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, well I, I'm. it's it's not necessarily just that there wasn't that many people. It's the trend, you see, because people are walking, and right. you can hear people talking, saying, like, where's the next hole, you know, and they don't know. Well, if you know where it is, you know where the next green is, you're going to be able to get a great view. You know, I thought the funniest thing I heard today was Kevin Naw on number three green, his caddy looks at him and he goes, hey, number four tee box is back over here to the left, and it goes that way. And he pointed toward the green, and I'm like, oh, has he like literally never seen the course before? Because he didn't know where the next tee was. His caddy right. was like, yeah, the next tee's up here. There's a little walkway. I'll tell you what kills me is having to stand there at the freaking walkways to try to get across holes and get to different places. It's like a maze. Oh, I stand there for 10 minutes, but it was I, an unbelievable day. I, pulled the old um, media and walked past. Yeah, I did. Up top, I did a couple times. But on the fairways, I mean, if guys are teeing off, they're not going to let you walk across. But all right, so before we get too deep in here, I got to tell y'all why I didn't catch Tiger until 17 green. I haven't told either one of y'all this story yet (laughs) today. So basically all I texted y'all was I I had to call an ambulance for an old guy at the gas station. (laughs) So we're driving up from Oklahoma City this morning. We leave, we get around, wife and baby are coming up because her family's in Tulsa. So she's just going to hang out with family all week while I'm at the golf course. So we stop at the little McDonald's Easy Go right there on the south side of the of the Turner. And uh, Danny goes in to go to the bathroom. I'm standing there pumping gas. I look up, and there's this, like, 90-year-old man walking out of the gas station. And he's about my size. He is frail. I'm, like, 5'8", 140, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a small guy. This is, like, a small, frail old man. He doesn't see a parking block at the front of the gas station, he trips over a parking block, oh, no. falls face first, and 
I'm telling you, his hit, his head hit the pavement so hard. It was so scary. I just like instinctively took off running over there. I tried to get his attention. He was non-responsive. His eyes were glossed over. Blood's pouring out of his nose. I get my uh, phone out. I'm calling 911. Another guy runs over. He's like, I think there's a cop over here. I'm like, go get him. So he goes and gets him. He calls <laughs> an ambulance. Shout out to Chandler. Ambulance got there in nine minutes. Wow. So... When I got to him, I thought he was dead. He was unresponsive. His eyes were glossed over. Totally thought he was dead. After two to three minutes, he wakes up. He regains consciousness. We're able to flip him over. Another lady came over. She had a towel in her car, an old, an old like, shop towel. Pressed that up against his face. Get, putting pressure on the wound. Blood's, like, coming out of his eye. His face is swollen. He uh, He's a little, just barely gaining consciousness and talking just a little Bro, bit. I'm, I'm okay. Wow. I'm okay. Ambulance gets there, and I mean, I'm pretty sure he was going to be fine. I, I, I'm assuming he's going to have a serious concussion, and he's definitely got some facial lacerations. He's going to have to get stitched up. But like, that was the start of my day. I was so rattled after packing the car for the kid. Oh, I was, dude. I was so rattled leaving the gas station. I was like, because I literally, I thought he was dead whenever I got. That isn't. I didn't realize it was that serious. Yes, and I, I was the first one that got to him. Like, because I was standing there and I was just like looking toward the front door because like Dana just walked up there and the gas was going, and I was just looking toward the front door and I saw it happen. Like I saw him fall in slow motion, but I was like sixty feet away. There was nothing I could do, and I saw him hit the ground. And I just sprinted over there and called nine one one. It was so scary, man. When you trip, you don't realize how much momentum you gain in such oh, a dude. short time. And then when you have no idea to be able to control it, you just hit it so hard. And like you said, if you hit skull first like it sounds like the old man did it's amazing he's able to get up and, and be able to yeah. be all right he ended up sitting up luckily, you are an angel a, Colby. luckily there was a police officer of there because once he came over there then i kind of backed up a little bit and he started talking to the guy and i mean he's trained and stuff i didn't know what i was doing i just called 911 and uh but yeah got him sitting up and uh he seemed like he was gonna be okay so thank god but yeah a little, little shaking to start the day so uh, <laughs> no wonder i i walked past colby in the media center and he's writing his story on uh ricky fowler right yeah and, yeah. and, and colby goes i need an espresso shot or something or oh, an dude. energy drink or it something was, and i was up at 3 30 and it's whenever you have something big the next day it's hard to sleep yeah why well, i was snoozing yeah. like like you would not believe and then baby at 3:30 needs fed and it was my night you know we alternate nights it was my night to feed the baby what a start to the week so i get up saving the lives baby, and i did not go back to sleep after i got up and fed the baby so long that's day. beautiful long day well maybe tomorrow will cover good early. job colby <laughs> yeah. good a long, job a long day but a good day so yeah so that's the story of how my day started uh my day got pretty good pretty fast though because pretty much as soon as i walked in I saw the big gallery. I was like, okay, that's Tiger. That's 17 green. But did I go to 17 green? No, I did not because that's where the big gallery was. I walked up the hill to 18 green and stood front and center and watched him chip for a while on 18 green. And I'll tell you this, guys. If the pin is back left on 18, and Sam, I don't know if you were still out there when he was chipping on 18. Nope. Were you still there? Yeah. If the pin is back left on 18 and you miss long, Good luck. Oh, you don't have a yeah. chance. There's no way you can miss long there. No I, way. That's one thing that hasn't changed but, about but, the course. And, and it's the same way on a lot of other holes, too. It's the genius of Southern Hills. You know, I think a good example, you probably noticed this too, Colby. On 18, Tiger was standing on, on, on the green looking back onto the fairway, probably trying to figure out what kind of angle he wanted to take for his approach. I stood there for like five minutes talking with uh, Joe DeCava and Bobby Mack. And yeah. it's like... The genius of Perry Maxwell would be able to make the greatest golfer of all time contemplate that hard on what to do on approach. When he had already won there before, too. You know, yeah. it's just crazy. Just a genius of the hole, but you're exactly right, Colby. Just if you, you cannot go long in that flag, but it's the same on a lot of other holes, too. So, T-Dub, take us through Tiger's round from 12 to 16, and then I'll kind of jump in because that's when I got there. So, and, and, and give us a uh, kind of update on, on how he looked physically. And by the way, so. he only played the back nine today. Yes, back Correct. nine. 
And so for anyone who, who hasn't been to practice rounds before, generally, you know, they'll hit maybe one or two off of a tee, depending on how they hit it, maybe one or two in the fairway. But they'll spend a lot of time on the greens, generally chipping. So I got there on 12, and Tiger hit a pretty good – he hit one in the bunker, a short, then he hit one left side of the green, pretty good shot. Spent some time around there, uh, hit some shots to the right of 12, Hit a couple little short. You can tell there's a little bit of, even though it's just a little bit of Bermuda, you can tell there's some grain around the green. So I think that'll come a little bit into play this week. So did a little bit of work there. Saw him on 13. He hit two from the back tee on 13. Then he hit one from the front tee. So, so the back tee on 13, how like? Okay, so how, how obnoxious is it? Uh, is- dude, I, I have to worry how the logistics of this tournament are going to be run. Did y'all see the, the first and tenth hole? I, I do. Yes. <laughs> I do need to you jump. See, did you see the third and sixth hole? Uh, I didn't see three and six, but I... Oh, no, I did see three and six. Basically, they've got tee boxes incredibly close together, almost zigzagging. It's, uh, I mean, it's logistically, it's going to be very tight. Yeah, and Victor was talking about that in his press conference okay. about behind number six and number seven. That tee box is going to be a little bit of a cluster, too. But I do need to jump in on the 13th tee box. I was talking to Nick Heinen on the range, caddy of... Matthew Wolf, and he was saying that the the word is no one really likes that back tee box on um, number thirteen because they think it kind of ruins what the hole was meant to do. I as agree. far as I making do agree it too, and unless it's like forty mile an hour north south right. wind, right? And and that's, right. that's what that's Nick really was saying it. is he don't he doesn't think that they'll use that tee box unless it, there's a significant south wind. Even one day, I think they'll use it one day. I think they'll use it one day. They put it in for the tournament. Now, rumor, I rumor has it Tiger didn't like it at all. Uh, no, yes, I mean, that, 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 yes. Yeah, when he played down here, it was April 28th when Tiger played down here. And uh, his review of the course, according to Kerry Cosby, mm-hmm. was that he loved all the changes, but didn't totally love the tee box on 13 because it took the risk-reward element yeah. away from the hole because it makes it play so long that it's just, I mean, a bunch of guys are going to be laying up and, and throwing wedges in except for the really, really long hitters that wanted to get crazy. And to me, on 13... There's not many birdies out here at Southern Hills, so at least give them one birdie or eagle opportunity at 13. Yeah, I don't think that that makes five, it too easy. Because number five, the only other par five on the course is playing 656, yeah. and it's a beast. So anyway, so Tiger tees off on 13, yeah. Tyler. So tees off on 13, goes down, hits a, I believe he only hit one shot from the fairway, hit a layup shot. That's when I cut over. I went to 15T, which 15T and 14 green are pretty close, so I was able to see... Tee shot for 14, hit on the green, the one I saw. He may have hit a second one that I didn't see. So this time around that green, the close-up I got was on 15, and it was just beautiful. The stinger. Oh, it was a stinger. Oh, yeah, I got about 10 feet off the ground. It faded about 10 yards. Oh, man, it was just beautiful to watch. And, I mean, I was I could have stuck my hand out, and the club would have hit me on the backswing. So you put was, a picture on our Instagram, didn't you? Yes, Absolutely. I did. Yeah. Also, in, in also, Instagram 73rd hole. And Twitter, how, dude, you, we were killing it today with the yeah. videos oh, and pictures. Great. You, you can see how close Taylor well, was Taylor to the stinger. Taylor was so close to that stinger. Taylor was, like, on top of the stinger. Before, I want to go back to 13. So there's this little kid, probably five or six, standing next to me. And he had a picture of Tiger when he made his putt at the Augusta 2019. And he yelled something at Tiger, and Tiger looked back at him and smiled and waved. And I mean, I was literally like three feet or like a foot away from this kid. Did kiss. you wave back? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, felt, it felt like he was looking at me. It was so great. And he might have been looking at me. I don't know. Because I, I am a good looking man. That's so beautiful. that was, that's been what it was. And so, you had the CHS purple and gold on. So I did, yes. Rock, you know, for the brand, baby. So then I go back uh, to 16 Green. That's where Sam was there. And he probably spent, what do you think, Sam, 20 minutes on that green? At least to, because. Maybe 25. So I got down there around 945, 10 ish, right? And I had to do a hit on the sports animal at 1120. And I got back up to the media center 
around 11.10, which means that he, and I only watched 16 and 17, that means he at least spent about 45 minutes on 16 and 17. I mean, he was just crushing on 16. You could tell he was hitting so many chips from the front of the green, the front left bunker, uh, front short, and front right of the green to... And, and I, I thought this was interesting, too. It's really cool. You go to golf tournaments and you hear the general public talk, you know, the things that they learn from watching these guys. And it's interesting that, you know, Tiger, obviously, every hole, most pros are doing this, where they know all the pin locations, right, and they're chipping all of right. them. The general public found that very fascinating. Although, I don't think that that's necessarily why he was chipping so much on 16. It, I'd, I mean, at the start, yes, because he was hitting some bunker shots to those holes. But you and I were talking about, we think that he was, because he was hitting the same shot with two different wedges, I think they were both the same lofted wedges, say a 60 degree or a 58 degree. And I think that he was trying to figure out which bounce he likes best on these grainy Bermuda tight lies. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to the shot on 12, it's pretty funny. The first chip I saw, he actually flubbed it about half as far as it looked like he was trying to hit it. And I think that had to do with it being into the grain. So that's probably exactly what you're talking about, trying to get some different bounces on the And he was nervous from all the people watching. And so on, <laughs> on that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so on, on 15, I noticed with it, he hit like a driving iron or something. And I noticed. Okay, so right here, I just, this came out like after. Yeah, after I noticed. The day see, that's the thing. I, I, said, I, I said, man, his irons sure are custom. I didn't realize they look like that. And okay, apparently so there's a reason. I'm, Tiger is testing a tailor-made P773 iron for this week. Uh, it's got a True Temper DG Tour issue mid X100 shaft. Now, in 2007, he hit iron off the tees a lot. Is this just a driving iron or all of his irons? Yeah, driving iron. This okay. is like a driving iron. It's, it's the loft of a three iron, essentially. Okay. And uh, But basically, within the last hour, we've gotten a kind of a close-up shot of that club. I guess people have done some digging. But that's probably what you were seeing. I would imagine that's what you saw the stinger with. Uh, 100%. 100%, that's, yeah. yeah. And from that shot, he should probably keep it in the back. That's <laughs> another thing that Nick was talking about. He goes, he was walking the course earlier and he saw Tiger hitting a bunch of irons and Nick's thinking to himself, there's not many irons off the tee boxes anymore at Southern Hills. Yeah. I bet really he was not. testing out that club. I, I bet exactly he was. What it was. Yeah. yeah, also. And Nick was thinking maybe he was just trying to see where he could hit iron. Possibly. Also, if you're Tiger and there's a hole where you're like, you know what, this is not a birdie hole. I just need a par. Tiger can come into these greens with a five iron because he's so good with his irons. A lot of guys, you know, that's not as, as that's not their game, but that's Tiger's game. Yep. Your game should involve a Groove It brush. Go to GrooveItBrush.com. Use our promo code 73rd hole to get 10% off. You're going to need it whenever you play uh, courses like Southern Hills, if you're fortunate enough to play Southern Hills. Get all of that uh, dirt and gunk off of your club face. 73rd hole is the promo code. 10% off GrooveItBrush.com. One thing, I, I caddied last week and I didn't take my Groove It brush. I highly regretted it. It would have made us oh. so much better. So yeah. much easier. <laughs> I don't know what else. I mean, amateur caddy hour right there. If you're a caddy, you got to have a Groove It brush. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. Truly not. Absolutely. So, so then he gets up to 17T and stripes a three wood onto the green from the up T. That was marvelous. Was it a three wood? Do, do, do you know how far? Do you know how far? Yes, it was a three wood. Do you know how far it was playing by chance? I don't know, okay. I, and I don't know which up tee he was playing. Only because I was up by the green. If it was a three, if it was a three wood or a crosswind, I, I did hear that it was a three wood that he drove it with a three wood, and I saw the shot. It landed just over the right side of the bunker, the front bunker on the shot. left. Two sixty, maybe. I, I'm, had just to be, trying, I'm just trying to think how far. But tired. it was downwind today. Was it? Yeah. Okay. At that time. At that the, time. This the wind morning, shifted a little bit. Well, it didn't necessarily shift. It just died. It, it was definitely from the north 
substantial, probably 10 miles per hour from the north this morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what are you showing, uh, Tyler? Uh, according from the furthest up tee that I show is probably about 280-ish. Okay. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. 285-ish. So little wind. Downwind, yeah. Little wind and a bounce, you know, that'll yeah. get you up there. But, you know, he landed it on the green, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's Which some I mean, serious speed. That, yeah. So off a tee. Physically. Taylor, you watched him a lot longer than I just saw him climbing up the steepest hill of the course on 18. Yep. And, you know, he Darren looked, Clark Hill. He looked at the Darren Clark Hill, as we call <laughs> it, for those, uh, the, only the loyal listeners yeah. uh, know about the Darren Clark Hill. Um, so I only saw him walking up the steepest hill. It looked a little limpy, but what did it look like the rest of the day? So I'll, I'll say this. That's what I was saying uh, to, to my friends that I saw out there. It was, it, on the flat lies, it looked pretty good, like, Unbelievable for what has transpired over the last 16 months or however long it's been. But the side hill lies, guys, is, is what if me. So what one thing I hope is because Southern Hills has a lot of fairly steep and severe undulations and just these most random spots, right? So I hope that going into the tournament, because you don't have to worry about the practice rounds, but in the tournament, hopefully Tiger doesn't get on one of some of those situations where he has to walk or put a lot of pressure on an uneven lie because you could tell today, at least from my perspective, that those are the ones that are giving him by far the most trouble. I will say that Southern Hills is a lot harder course to watch and walk than it is to play and walk because when you're watching and walking – you have to walk up that hill by 18 and 9 and 5 and all that. Well, that you, you, big hill. It's, a, it's you one have, big hill. And you have to walk around everything yeah. if you're a spectator. Exactly. If you're a player, you just kind of get to pop from the green to the tee box. But spectators but, have to walk around everything, and it is a trick. But my point here, and I, and I made sure to look at this again to make sure I wasn't spewing BS on this. It's not super undulating once you get down the hill. Like, yeah. the, the whole rest of the course is relatively flat relatively flat yes like as far as walking it's it's augusta national is a lot harder to walk yes it's not st andrews flat but it's not augusta crooked either exactly it's it's somewhere in between yeah so pretty much one t like eight the the steep the darren clark hill the driving range putting green all that that is severely undulating from going from four green to five t but sam's exactly right once you get out on the course like like around two, eight, and nine, that's a really good area to watch one greens right there. Then you get out to 17, then all the way out to 14 and 15. Exactly right. It is very flat once you get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys. Well, you're in Tulsa for the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Doesn't get underway until Thursday, but a lot happening uh, today. Some of the local guys spoke. TG in the field, the yes, only sir. true Oklahoman. Uh, we got to talk to him a little bit about what it's like playing in his home state. He said it was nice to, to see a, a friendly crowd out today. Some go pokes. He had a really good following out Yeah, there. really yeah. good. Some go pokes, some orange power. Uh, Ricky had big galleries. I think... I think Ricky probably had the second biggest galleries behind Tiger, which... I, mean, I, he, I didn't get to see him. I heard Rory had a okay. really big crowd. By Did the he, way, I watched Ricky hit balls for probably 30 minutes this morning. He was hitting right next to DJ. You, if you were on the range today, you probably saw me just sitting there admiring these guys, by the way. It's marvelous. Ricky, he, he was struggling a little bit, and granted, there was a left-to-right wind at that time on the range. He was fanning everything pretty far right of where he was aiming he talked he talked quite a bit in his press conference about confidence uh you know about going and talking with a psychologist now and just trying to talk some things out and he's like you know everybody's gonna have negative thoughts but you've got to move on from that and he was he was pretty candid in his presser about how 
uh, you, you know, when you play well, you get things to build on. You get momentum and you build on that. And he straight up said, he's like, there hasn't been anything to build on. There, there's been no swell that I could follow in. Since last year's PGA when he finished T8, which is the only reason that he's in the field this week because the top 15 at the PGA Championship get in next year. Since that T8 finish at Kiowa last year, he has one top 10. It was a T3 at the CJ Cup. He has eight missed cuts in that same time frame. His game has been crazy, crazy erratic. But, uh, I mean, if ever there were a place to get back on track, it's an hour down the road from where he played at Oklahoma State. It's very true. He'll be a fan favorite for sure. And if you want to hear more on Ricky Fowler, golfchannel.com, yes, right? And, yes. And read Colby's story. Colby's story was a little longer than he expected, <laughs> Colby, because Ricky made a little bit of controversy today. Yeah, it's... You know, I kind of have live fatigue. I, I wrote up my Ricky story, and then I was waiting on quotes. And then he was he was asked directly about live. He didn't bring it up unprompted. He was asked directly about it, and he said, "I'm going to be straightforward with you guys. Haven't ruled anything out. Do I think the PGA Tour is the best place in the world to play? Yes. Do he I said think, he had been approached by. The he way. said he had been approached by Live. He said, "Do I think the PGA Tour is the best place in the world to play? Yes. Do I think that there are things they can do better? Yes." And, you know, he was just kind of straightforward about it. It but sounded a lot like what TG said when we had him on. It was. Yeah, again, I just kind of have live fatigue. My whole thing is like, if one of these guys go, then let's talk about it. But all this, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. It's, it's a major just, championship. It's exhausting. But I, yeah, I don't. Of all people, Ricky might be the least person that would surprise me to go over to the live tour, just because he hasn't been playing his best golf. He's 146th in the world rankings. He's getting up there wow. in age. As far as you know, him being a young star, I mean, he's not old yet. Right, he's but, married now, very content with life. But here's the deal: if he can get a guaranteed contract just based off name, image, and likeness, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and I, go do it. I, he's only thirty-three, so but, I mean, but he's not a young star. On he's, the PGA he's not too. a young star, but he's got time to find his game again. But, but, you know? Exactly. And, I, and I'll say this: look, anything can happen before the tournament starts. But Sam's exactly right, especially the longer clubs. He's fanning them right. There was. So many players are hitting us so well today. There was a few that stuck out that didn't hit it extremely crisp, and Ricky, unfortunately, is one of those. So unless okay. I see something different next few days, I will not be putting Ricky very high on my board. Of, he, uh, he, did, uh, he did finish T21 in his last start, which was at Wells Fargo, um, and he did say that he took some positives from that week and, and was starting to feel a little bit better. So, uh, you know, we'll see what that looks like for Ricky moving into the tournament. Why don't we take a quick break, come back on the other side, uh, and we've got audio of a couple questions that we asked uh, today to Taylor Gooch, and we'll hear the on the other and side. Victor as Hovland well as, as yep. well. And then we'll dive into a little bit of OUOSU since uh, that kind of transitions. Yeah, there. yeah. Regionals underway today as well. We'll get to all that and more on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. 
back rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Everyone follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole. Great content coming your way this week. And head over to GolfOklahoma.org. GolfOklahoma.org has got you covered from Southern Hills. They've also got you covered from Jimmy Austin. They've also got you covered from Columbus, Ohio, where uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both appear ready to uh, smoothly cakewalk themselves to the national yes, championships. Do. We will talk to that here in – we will talk about that here in just a few minutes. But first, we want to hear from the only, the only Oklahoma born and bred – all the way Oklahoman to his core player in this field. That is Taylor Gooch. He was the first player to speak this week. Uh, he spoke earlier today, and we asked him a couple of questions. Uh, Sam, you asked him what it was like, you know, living out every Oklahoma kid's dream, playing mm-hmm. a major championship in this state. A little Malapeno fun yep. as well. Uh, so here's Taylor Gooch today at the PGA Championship. TG, what does it feel like living out every Oklahoma kid's dream, uh, playing in a major in Oklahoma? And tell me a little bit about what the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour meant to you growing up. Yeah, I mean, uh, where do I even start? You know, it's, it's, you know, when you think about, like, Southern Hills, the, the, the again, the luster that it has, um, you know, for, I don't know how many, are there, do you know if there's any other Oklahoma kids here? Like, well, born, yeah, born and bred? The, you're the only one. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, you know, it, that makes it even that much you know more special right and i mean how many kids did we know growing up that were studs right and so we know that you know the 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 tip of the mountain to get here it's 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 not easy i I don't take any of it for granted because i've seen so many kids uh that were so good throughout the years that you know haven't gotten to this point and as humbly put as possible i'm just grateful that you know that i'm here um and ojgt i mean uh you know We've talked about my foundation uh, that we're, we've just started. We're, we're going to help the OJGT, and we don't know how yet, but it played such an integral part in my journey and, and, and my development as a junior golfer. Uh, it's, you know, it's invaluable for, for my journey and what it's done for me. Malapino crew be out here this week. Oh, yeah, they'll all be here. You'll probably see a big Malapino on some hats. A big Malapeno on some hats is exactly what the PGA Championship needs. <laughs> they didn't exactly catch what, what I needs. said. Will the Malapeno crew be out there? It sounded right. like I just said, Malapeno crew be out here. That was live on Golf Channel, and I just said, Malapeno crew be out here. That's beautiful. Yeah. I was reading, so I go back to the uh, media center, and I'm reading the transcript after we had talked to Gooch, because I was going to throw a quote from <laughs> this Gooch. This is great. In my Listen story. to this. And I'm reading the transcript, and I get to the part where Sam asked the Malapeno question. First of all, Malapeno is not an actual word. So it was spelled like M-A-L-I-P-O-N-O, something totally random. It was like Malapono or something. And I just, I love the thought of some national writer who has no idea what Malapeno is, reading that and being like, what's this guy talking about? What is it? Malapono? It's 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 a, it's a it's a serious if you know you know situation. Again, it's like the Darren Clark Hill. If you're not a loyal listener, we're we're not uh, we don't have time today to go back and explain. <laughs> Way too so much happened. Just go today. back to any Taylor Gooch interview. Go back to any Taylor Gooch interview and listen back, and we've talked about the Malapeno. But that was shout not out all. Caleb Price. That was not all that we got from Taylor Gooch today. Uh, I also asked him, and I really wanted to know. I mean, he really is the only true Oklahoman yes. in the field. And while that is incredible and it's awesome and he's going to have family and friends out here and that part is going to be so, so special and cool, I, I feel like that's also a little bit of added pressure mm-hmm. being the only true Oklahoman in the field, local guy, born and bred. And I just wanted to know, do you feel any pressure uh, being the uh, being the, the only local guy? And, and here's what he had to say. 
TG, you, uh, you're the only Oklahoman in the field. Do you feel any extra pressure with all the friends and family that are going to be around and being like the one true local born and bred guy, like you said? Yes, but it's like a, it's a fun pressure. Um, I, you know, kind of differently, uh, my freshman year at OSU, we played uh, national championship at Carson Creek. We were by far the best team all year. And so uh, that kind of pressure is way different and way more. So this, funny enough, this doesn't seem nearly as pressureful as, as what that was. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pressure of I just I want to do good for, for Oklahoma, not like, all right, we got to win this tournament or Coach Holder is going to be pissed at us, you know. So uh, it's, it's a good pressure. Yeah, that was great stuff there from TG. I love how he referenced it back. <laughs> he didn't want a wrestling match. Oh, wrestling match on the range. How great of a story was that? That was a great story. If you didn't listen to our Bob you Toy interview you got to go back and listen to the Bob Toy week, interview. That's just that's up there with the, with the major Ed, uh, this is for uh, Osama Bin Laden story. It's, I don't know if it's, it's quite it, at that it's level, not, but it's pretty good. It's, clo- it's one of the closest we've had to it. It's like if we took that story and shrunk it down to the local level, yeah, that's it. That's it right there. So uh, Five, great please. stuff from TG, and what, I mean, obviously, I hope he just has a, goes out and has a great week. And he's and, going uh, to. I, yeah. I have a feeling from what I've seen, he's flushing the irons, and he'll have some decent galleries. I would imagine there will be some jalapenos around. There will be a lot of people cheering him on. So, and he talked a little bit about it. You know, actually, Dean asked the question that I was going to ask about. You know, what part of his game fits Southern Hills the best? Um, and I was going to ask, you know, TG always talks about if he drives it good, he can win or at least have a chance to win. And what you would have to focus on at Southern Hills off the tee especially. And TG basically confirmed that this week. He said, I don't just have to drive it well. This tests all parts of your game. Yeah. But you have no chance if you can't hit the ball on the fairway. So whoever you guys are going to pick out there, make sure it's a guy that can put the ball not only in the fairway but on the correct side of the fairway because you can have no chance out here sometimes. Yeah, and a lot of these holes, I'm telling you, the wind is going to be swirling. It's going to be shifting directions from Thursday to Sunday as maybe a little cold front comes in and cools it off to 70-ish degrees or so this weekend. The different winds changing as the week goes on is something that these guys are going to have to deal with, Taylor. And I mean – a lot of these holes are going to play crosswind because one thing about Southern, it's not like an out and back. Like Kiowa last year was just like an out and back on the coast. Southern is very zigzaggy, and a lot of these holes go different directions, and the wind can make a lot of these fairways even smaller. It, it just adds to the genius of the Perry, uh, Perry Maxwell design like we were talking about earlier. And you think about the holes, a lot of them run with crosswinds too. They go all four different directions. So you're going to have to have every single shot in the arsenal to be able to get around that course. And – I just absolutely love that because it's what we want to see, right? I mean, I would say this. What would you guys rather see? Would you rather see fairly good conditions or do y'all want it to play, like, extremely tough? Uh, I would like it to be... Like, two rounds hard, two rounds easy? I would like to see Sunday play the easiest. I want want zero days with a 30-mile-an-hour wind, but I also want zero days with a a zero-mile-an-hour wind. I would like to see them play a couple days with, like, 10-mile-an-hour winds, and and maybe we get some 66s and stuff like that. And then I'd like to see a couple days where it's, like, 15 to 20, and, you know, 69, 70 is a really good I don't want to see a deal where the the late wave just gets the benefit of the draw. Yeah, I I don't want to see a good uh, wave get the benefit either. I'll say one thing, guys. I was a little shocked that the rough wasn't a little longer than it was. I don't know. It just seemed only Monday. But they might not cut it. Only Monday. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess the question is how much. I guess by the time next Sunday rolls around, I guess it would be pretty long. I mean, yeah. Hovland talked about, and we're about to get to Hovland, but he talked about how firm and fast these greens are out here at Southern Hills. 
you if can, you, you get can that tell rough the, so deep, I mean, it might be impossible, did right? You, I mean, because even right now with the rough, the length that it is, you can catch flyers and, I mean, be gone at Southern Hills. Taylor, on 18, when Tiger was hitting his approach shot from the fairway, were you down in the fairway or were you already up I, the green? I was on the um, in-between 9 and 18, kind of down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I could see his swing, but I couldn't really see the ball land. Or so the, he, he so. hit two balls from 18 fairway. The first one he thinned, it came up like 20 yards short. I saw that short. one, and so I saw the second one. Then he had another one. Yeah. second was one was great. perfect. It landed, I'm telling you, like two yards over the false front. It released 40 foot onto the top shelf uh, near the back French. I mean, it... It was firm. I was really shocked at the bounce that it got coming from the bottom down there. 18 is such a beautiful hole. It's, un- oh, it's, it's unreal. I it's sat unreal. in the fairway. You know, they, they have that crosswalk there, and I just stood in the fairway for a second. I even took a picture. We're going like, to look at our this hole is, draft, too. This has got to be the most picturesque hole in Oklahoma, for sure. It's so marvelous. That's I mean, you could go the, – the thing that makes it so great is you can look at it from the bottom up or you can look at it from the top down. And with down. the grandstands up there – just the absolutely grandstand, the, beautiful. I can't believe the grandstands, man. It's crazy how many they have up there. I'm trying to find our uh, the poll from our draft we did yesterday on the radio where we drafted holes at Southern Hills. Uh, Sam, you won by a pretty good margin, and you had 18. 18 was your first pick. Uh, 18's an incredibly popular hole. You had 18, 17, 10, 4, 5, and 8, which pretty good squad. Not bad. Pretty good squad. Not bad. Let's go ahead and hear from Victor Hovland. Uh, I asked him about how he's having his best putting year of his career. He's gaining half a shot on the field so far in 2022, and uh, there's a reason why. Victor, you're having the best putting year of your career, gaining half a shot in 2022. What have you changed with your putting, and what are you working on? Uh, So last year, um, I started with Jeff Smith, and we started to work on aim point. So that's been the biggest thing for me. I've always had a very consistent stroke. It might not be perfect, um, but if you can start the ball online and do that consistently, you know, you're doing all right. Um, but my, my thing was just I, I've really had a hard time reading greens. Um, one week I can get really hot and just see the lines really well, and then the next week I just have no chance. Um, and aim points just really given me uh, a system, a system that doesn't work every time, but it at least gives me – you know, framework that's a lot tighter. So that's really helped me. Um, yeah, and then it's just getting comfortable out here playing tournaments where you're playing on firm greens, fast greens. You know, growing up in Norway, you don't really do that a whole lot. So it's just getting more reps in, I think, is also um, uh, a part of it. You know, I didn't know much about uh, the firmness of greens in Norway, but I'm glad I got that tidbit today. That's <laughs> By the that, way, the more he you ended know, his Colby. press conference, T-Dub, with a Norwegian question, Oh, and he asked him to answer it in Norwegian, and it just ended with me having no clue what he said. That's brilliant. That's absolutely awesome. <laughs> we need to go Google Translate. <laughs> I love it. I respect people who can speak more than one language. It's unbelievable. I tried once. I lasted like two weeks. Tried to learn Spanish on my own. Lasted like two weeks. One language is hard enough. One language is hard enough. That's, a, That's any, Anybody who listens to the show often enough knows that we should really <laughs> we should really stick with the one we're working on now. Uh, as everybody knows, Victor Hovland, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, we do have some regionals taking place. Uh, we will start with the Oklahoma State Cowboys as they had a great day. The worst performer on Oklahoma State's team today, T14, 
Brian Stark goes 72-72, uh, which is one over. It's a par 71 golf course. He's T14. Oklahoma State's other four guys all inside the top eight. Eugenio Lopez-Chakaris, it's T2 for the event. Gupta and Bo Jin are both T5. And then Jonas Baumgartner is T8. Oklahoma State leads by six as a team. San Francisco, who is the 161st ranked team in the country, they are solo third at this regional. 161st ranked team in the country. And then Ohio State, the host, is T5. That so, might not be the biggest surprise of this tournament, Colby. Uh, of this tournament? Yes. The guy that is in the lead individually is the five bag for Arkansas, Julian Perico. Wow. He went 68-68. That's four under over the course of two rounds. What a day. Wild. What a day as a five bag to go out and be leading it. Uh, I. <laughs> By the way, T-Dub. Colby in the media center goes, I hope I hope Ohio State doesn't make it just because he doesn't think it's fair that they get to play on their home course. I go, you know, Ken went to Ohio State. He goes, hey, Ken, I hope they don't make it. <laughs> I am steadfast in that belief. If you are not a one seed, you should not get to host a regional because Ohio State as a six seed, if they get through by one shot on their home course over like the three seed in this regional, yep. then I think that that's going to be crap. But anyway, great day for Oklahoma State. They lead by six at that regional. I talked to Donnie Dar because his daughter was playing in the high school state championship that I was covering. And I said, do you guys think you got a bad draw going to Ohio State? And he said, no, that's actually where we wanted to go because we've had a lot of success there in the past. Seems like that he was telling the truth. I, mean, I thought he might just be coach speak, but it's not. I mean, five guys inside the top fourteen. That's uh, that's not bad. And not bad. I, I mean, off to a hot start. How about how about being T fourteen as an individual through two rounds and your score score got dropped twice. <laughs> Brian Stark's score got dropped 72. twice. Uh, let's go to Norman for Oklahoma, where Drew Goodman, fellas. Drew Goodman was seven under. First of all, he shot thirty on the front nine, six under thirty in the in the birdies thirteen. He's seven under, walking to number seventeen. Unfortunately, he triples number 17. He then, bur- he then buries 18, so he shoots a 5-under 67 with a triple. Taylor, that's a true freshman going out there and making all those birdies. OU leads the regional by one uh, currently with four guys inside the top 18. But how about Drew Goodman, Taylor, the freshman? Yeah, I mean, that's anytime you get a, a young player like that come out in, in postseason play, you just have to marvel at what you're seeing. And you look at it, guys. Oh, you kind of leading, you know, we alluded to it on the radio show. Thought they were going to have a big week. Looks like they're going to do so. Kind of the shocker, though, guys, according looking at golf set. Texas mm-hmm. all the way down in fifth. I yep. mean, we didn't see that coming for sure. Although uh, they have a five-shot lead yes, on yeah, uh, yeah, and they have an eight-shot lead on seventh. So Which it, is, it, not, it is, is it top five or six teams that make Top five teams. Top five five teams, but what I'm saying is five shots isn't necessarily as big as it sounds No, because team golf. But when you're the better team, though, and you're already ahead, you know. 100%. But South Carolina is by far the the surprise, right? Yeah, 24 seed. You got Utah in there, 50th. They're they're minus eight under. So you got OU minus 11, South Carolina minus 10, and Auburn and Utah at minus eight. I don't know, guys. Like I said, Texas is a shot, but it's still – I still think – uh, Texas will end up second in this regional. Once. Yeah, and, and we don't need to run through all of the other ones. Pepperdine's in second and theirs down at A&M, but I did want to mention North Carolina, who's one of the best teams in the country, and the one seed at the New Haven Regional, they are tied for fifth. They're tied for fifth after day one as the one seed, uh, and several schools right there close. So North Carolina has got to get it going if they want to uh, if they want to advance. It'd be pretty shocking to see a one seed not get out, but, I mean, that's golf, and we do see it from time to time. So we'll keep you updated the next couple of days on the regionals. And remember, you can get great info about the regionals at golfoklahoma.org. Go out Check, and watch. Yeah, go, out, go to Jimmy. 
Go yeah. to Jimmy. It's beautiful. If you're not up here watching the practice rounds, if, if you're down in the Metro, you're not coming up to Southern until this weekend or something, why are you not going out to Jimmy the next couple days? Well, you got to work? Tell your boss you're going to Jimmy. It's regional week. This is <laughs> golf week in the state of Oklahoma. This is, this is the definition of golf week in I Oklahoma. I mean, tell your boss it's golf week. This is probably the greatest week of golf in the history of the state of Oklahoma. It's got to be. I, I can't think of anything that compares to it. I mean, it's got, I mean, Tiger won one of his 15 majors here, but... I mean, as far as I know, there wasn't no, anything. No, but at the start of the week, you didn't know he was going to win. Yeah, that's a good ruined. point. That's a good point. We didn't know he was going to win at the start of the week. This week, it's already great because Tiger's here. And, you know, I mean, he's just this larger-than-life figure. And every time you see him out on the golf course, it's incredible. But then the regional down in Jimmy, Oklahoma State's playing. It's just, yeah, And, and it's there's, awesome. there's a lot more better players nice. than 15 years ago. That was not the best word. There. <laughs> more agree. better. I, more, I yeah. don't think Woody Austin so. and his god-awful attire are going to be finishing <laughs> T2 this year. By the Wo- way. Woody Austin shirts in 2007, they're a travesty. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Somebody posted them on Twitter earlier. Uh, don't go look if you've got a full stomach. By the way, you mentioned Tiger being bigger than life. I got to meet the foreplay guys today, and they are very, very nice guys. We heard them still talking about it on the bus on the way back yeah. that they got to walk in the fairway with Tiger. Guys, I would do the same thing. Oh, I would I would never stop talking about Dude, it. Dude, I, I saw them just a little bit that I did, and I I couldn't be happier. I truly couldn't. Yeah. It's, uh, we it's wouldn't just, be it's here so cool probably doing this if they hadn't started doing their podcast and stuff and blowing it up. Yeah, I mean, that's they were definitely one of the first that, uh, that made it big to, to talk about those, golf and to make it fun and, and all that good I'm stuff. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners know who they are, and I'm just kind of saying yeah. they're as good a guys as they seem yeah, on there, they were nice which guys. is cool. Absolutely, they were. Uh, you know who else are, are nice guys? The good folks at Ring Family Dentistry. Go see yes, them. They will get you taken care of. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology, delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear liner, orthodontics, they do it all. And the best part, all decisions are made by the patient. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, but they ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. That is Ring Family Dentistry. Check them out. Guys, Southern Hills the, the golf course is in such unbelievable shape. Shout out to Russ Myers and his oh, crew. It's they, so pure. It's just... Thank I mean, you, God, perfect. for a great winner. Oh, great winner. No problems whatsoever. Course is just... I mean, it truly is unreal. Max Homa tweeted today and said, I've, just, I've only seen nine holes at Southern Hills, and it's already one of the nicest golf courses I've ever gotten to play. And that is... I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. The, so it's the shape up there with the best in. courses I've played in my life. In his life. Yeah, and you know, last year, like you said, last year was a harsh winter, so we got up here for the senior, and they did a very good job last year getting it around, but you are pretty much at the mercy of Mother Nature. Mother Nature wasn't very nice last year. Mother Nature was uh, a little unkind this year, absolutely perfect, and the golf course reflects that. Uh, Taylor, you spent so much time on the course I'm today. I'm curious to hear where T-Dub went today. Yeah, you... Oh, uh, I was all <laughs> over the place. Because you oh, got here so early. Well, I hung out with you for a little bit at the range, but then I went back up top, and then when we I got the back to the range... We did the old divide and conquer today. Yeah, when I got back to the range, you were, I think, on the other side of the property. So where all did you go today? Who all did you see? Uh, and, and who are a couple of guys that maybe you thought... Okay, I kind of like what I'm seeing here. So, yeah, so I went, after I watched Tiger, I went to the range. Fitz was there for about an hour. That's where we all rendezvoused. Then I went all the way back, went out to 17 again, kind of watched that area. I went there a couple times, went all the way out. Um, no, I didn't make it all the way to 15. I went up to 10, went up there. I went up to the 1 and 10 grandstands. That was pretty cool. That's well, what, what, I what are you seeing in all this time? 
Well, I'm trying to figure out where all I went to try to figure <laughs> out because I'm trying to put it all together. So here's the thing. You've had to walk 20 miles today. Dude, I wish I would have had a Fitbit or a step tracker. So <laughs> I'll say this. So just kind of a list of things I see here. Here's this, just some general points. One is that I was unbelievably shocked at how low every single pro hits their wedges. Like, full wedges, they do not get very high at all. They were flighting them. Every single one of them, medium trajectory. I mean, they have, like, four-second hang time on them. Like, like you're not seeing any balloon wedges that are going to sit. You'll see some that spin back, but not near as much. Speaking of wedges, John Rom came up to the range today, and he, like, shot the stuff with DJ and shot the stuff with a couple other guys on the range, talked a little Spanish with one of his buddies, Hit a couple of wedges and left. I should have tried to learn Spanish for more than two weeks, and I couldn't know what they were saying. That was one thing that I was very fascinated with was just the different amount of time people hit hitting balls. Like DJ, he hit like wedges. He hit the same wedge for like thirty minutes. He hit the same five iron for like thirty minutes. DJ hit a ton of balls today. So many, like two buckets. Uh, not, not near as many as Bo Hostler hit. Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler. Oh, oh my god. Energizer Bunny. Two hours on the range. I saw him out on seven, so he's playing nine holes. Then he went back to the damn range. Got, I, so, he's searching, so man. I was at the range with you, Taylor, and that was at noon. Yeah, probably yeah, twelve fifteen, maybe. I go up top. I, I write a couple of stories, go down for some interviews. I'm up there. I come back down to the range at 4.30, and I walk out there. Sam's out there talking to Wolf and Nick, and I walk out there. And I'll be damned if Bo Hostler is not standing <laughs> in the same. You said it so loud, you go, did he move? <laughs> Dude, I, I'd been gone yes, four he hours. Did. Dude, I, he had to have heard you. I'd, I'd been gone four hours. Did he move? I come back to the range. He's in the same range slot. And I could swear to you, he was hitting the same club to the same target. It was, and it was four hours later. I'm like, there's no. I'm like, how's this guy the, the 230th ranked player in the world? I will He's say grinding. something interesting about Bo Hossler because, like Colby's saying, we did get to see him hit a lot of balls. He's one of the few guys on tour that hits a draw with his driver. Yeah, just a, a yep. and it's like a two yard draw every time. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, honestly, maybe he was, he was figuring something out. He was in it pretty good. A w- weird guy that doesn't wear the hat. I'm always a little weirded out well, by he, people who he don't had wear the hats. visor on. He took it Did off. He? Okay. he had the visor on when he was playing on the court. Um, okay. So let's talk about some other he, guys. He's, on he's the range. 193rd in the world, by the way. I don't want to disrespect uh, uh, Ohio. Also, here, just one quick point before you go, Sam. The last person I expected to hit driver for an hour straight on the range, Kevin Kisner. Dude, he he hit driver so for so long. It was so it was long. an hour. It was it maybe forty five minutes. He hit just driver after driver after driver after driver, and he does not hit it that far. He doesn't, but it is on a frozen rope. One every thing time. that might help kids this week is that it, it's playing about as firm and fast as it can play. Nah, kids ain't winning. <laughs> no, he has no, no, he's th- not. This is one of those courses where he has no chance. This is one of those courses yeah. where he's really trying to make the cut, finish like t thirty two, collect his money, and go home. Yeah, and I respect that. I respect it too. Uh, by the way, cool thing. Some guy yelled at him, said, "Can you sign my hat?" And he said, "Yeah, throw it to me." <laughs> he threw it to him, signed it. Perfect toss back to That's the That's awesome. Pretty yeah. cool. Kisner for the brand. Cool guy, Kevin Kisner. Uh, I watched Brooks. I watched DJ. I watched Berger. I watched Matt Wolf hit a bunch of balls. The guy that was hitting it the best out of those guys was far and away Daniel Berger. All right. Well, it's just I Monday. So he's got, I'm not rostering Berger anywhere this week. I'm so, not either. So he's got three weeks to unfind it with his swing. Three weeks. I, three days. I'll tell you someone who, <laughs> who has not been playing very well at all but still has it. Our man Hendrick Stenson, dude. Those irons are so pure. Oh, my God. They're so high. It's so wild when you see a guy that's just playing terrible and you go up on the range and he's just striped. Oh, it's up. just like, what? How's this guy not finishing top ten every week? Did you watch him putt? I, no, and that, that I would have had my answer. <laughs> so, I did notice. Your I, Abraham answer. I spent a lot of time right behind Brooks. 
And I did notice that early before, I think he went to the range twice, obviously. Yeah, he did. But the first time he was on the range, he kept grabbing at his growing, like a little bit, like on his left leg. His, his growing? His growing. Growing. His growing? G-R-O-I-N. Imagine if he were to grab his growing in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's you my were... Oklahoma accent. <laughs> but he was. He was grabbing at his growing a little bit. And, and it, it seemed like he couldn't get all the way on his left side. So it seemed like he couldn't get all the way through the ball. It seemed like he was missing some shots right. By the end of the day, he looked loose and he was striping it. I, yeah, yeah, Tim. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, for Kepka, he went, he was hitting it good. Then he hit it like shit. Then he hit it good again. I was going to make an unrelated comment about his hair. Um, <laughs> I didn't so see his hair. Do you see the hair? I, I, you remember, guys, on the podcast, the week that he came out with the blonde hair, I said, he will not win until the blonde is gone. So I can't pick him to win this week because while the blonde is seriously fading and it's now 80-20, his natural hair color, which is like a darker brown, the blonde is still there. He's, it's like it, it looks like frosted tips now. But so, the hat has to be off for you to see the blonde Yes, now. he took his hat off one time on the range, and I saw the blonde, and I'm like, well, there goes Kepka's chance to win this week. <laughs> he did. You've been right so far. I've been right so far. I mean, it was he was right behind him when he said that. Is this the greatest prediction ever made on this planet or any other planet? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Better this than is, the other one. This is yeah. the 73rd hole. A hell of a lot better than the other one. I'm Colby Powell, the guy over here uh, talking nonsense. <laughs> Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams with me. Uh, Wolf was pounding drivers for a long time as well. Like an hour and a half. Yes. He hit drivers for so long. And they were going so far. So so high. So far and so high. Highest trajectory of anybody I saw hit driver today. And Nick was telling me a little bit about his iron game. I saw him hit some irons too. He's trying to play a little bit more of a draw. He wants to play, you know, a, a, a certain shot. He wants his irons to go a certain direction. And he felt like when he was playing bad, they were going both directions. He's chosen to hit a draw and kind of get back to what he was doing at early in college, right? And so I saw a pretty substantial 5- to 10-yard draw on even like seven irons with Matthew Wolf today. But it could be a good thing. Like they weren't slinging hooks, right? They were just solid draw iron shots. Now we get to the driver, and I mean when he catches one, it's unlike anybody on tour. I mean, I mean, maybe Bryson, obviously, but it's a long range, and they put them on the uh, the north end and north end, west end, whatever end they were on, and it's a long way to get at the top of the hill on the other side. What's the only one I saw carry it up to that the top of that hill? And yeah, that's, he was it's hitting a long some way. home runs. It's a long way. But the other thing is, it was going offline a little bit more often than the other guys. Yeah, I would say, and, and clearly he was trying to figure it out. He was down there hitting drivers for yeah. a long. Long time. Uh, Taylor, one guy today who you saw, you thought, okay, dialed in. I'm really liking this right now. I really liked what I saw from Shufflin. I really did. Really? The swing, oh my God. swing you look and my here. dad. You're biting the cheese. I, I'm, I'm not picking him. I'm not, but okay. I really I know liked what I my dad picked Shuffle on air today. My oh, dad picked no. him, too. That oh, is a kiss no. of death. Oh, Okay, boy. so I told Taylor earlier when we were sitting in the stands at the driving range, I said, Xander Shuffle did just enough the last two days at the Byron Nelson to convince a whole bunch of people into picking him this week at the PGA. Yes, he did. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell this to Craig. I'm going to tell this to Randy. I'm going to tell this to everybody else. Don't bite the cheese. Xander Schauffele is not finishing top 10 this week at the PGA. He's been off form for three months. You can do anything you want at TPC Craig Ranch and still have a chance to make birdies. He got on a little bit of a heater for one weekend. Xander Schauffele, fade. Fade. I don't think you fade him. I, fade. I don't. I'm not going to pick him to win. Power I think he fade. finishes top 30. Power yeah. fade. I think he, I bet he finishes top 15. 
Uh, I haven't seen me, him in person yet. Show, show me T34 for Xander this week. Oh, he'll finish better than that. You want to make a bet on it? I bet he finishes better. T33 and a half. I'll take let the me, Let me pull up his recent record. <laughs> well, wait. T33 t Yeah, and if he finishes solo 33, then, then I'll go ahead and what give it to you. solo 33 Let me pull up his recent record and see if I'm misremembering how poor it's been. Uh, okay, yeah, so, in his last, that so in his last five starts, he's finished, <laughs> he's finished better than T34 twice in his last five starts. That's not bad. So 33 and a half over under? I'll take, yeah. Okay. I don't is, know what we're betting. That, well, let's figure that out what twice, we're betting for Shane. And that twice, um, does that include the time that Cantlay carried him? Uh, it does not, because this is on the official World Golf Ranking, okay. and you do not get OWGR points for the Zurich. So, so what, Canes? I still owe you for the damn Tiger. Or we, could, or no. bet, we could bet like uh, like an $8 bottle of water at Southern Hills, or like a $19 <laughs> Stella Artois. Can somebody, okay, you were out prices. there on the course for way longer than I was today. Can you explain to me why the beer is more expensive than the cocktails? It's the, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Because they're going to sell no more beer. Are they massive? What's, what's funny is that I heard like 10 people just randomly talking about how ridiculous the prices are. Like, I feel like the they went way high on the price matrix to where people are like not going to buy as D- much beer. <laughs> not I, I, just, I didn't JT, see that many people with JT beer. on Instagram said... What do these beers do? Cure cancer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you even said the other day, Sam, you did the math, $18 for just your basic beer. That's $108 for a six-pack. Yes, it is. My God. <laughs> I mean, buckle up, folks. And it's, it's this isn't like we had the – it's hot out there. I mean, yeah. you need a nice, refreshing beer or at least a bottle of water. I mean, gosh dang, for six bucks. Yeah. And also, just one You can include, take waters in. Yes, an unopened oh, bottle of water. good to yeah. know. Yeah. Good to know. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, Kane's bet, 30, okay. 33 and a half yes. over under for Xander this week. T33 um, or solo 30. Yeah, I mean, either way. No, I'm joking because he said T33 and a half. I swear, some guy, Xander's going to be done, and some guy on Sunday is going to like bogey 18 to fall back to T33 for Xander and move him up a spot, and I'm going to end up losing the bet. It's great. Oh, about those prices earlier, that does not include tax. Just want to throw that out there. $6 plus tax on the water bottles? So it's 20 yeah, so I went up to I, I went and well, got fixed that not for the water. Yeah, I went and got a bottle of water. That was going to be exactly six. It was like six sixty or whatever. I was yeah, like, okay. really? Just a little salt in the wound here. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Oh, by the way, oh. you you didn't even mention that you talked to Michael Greller today. Oh, I did talk to Michael Greller. I uh, yeah, I had to. I need to ask Spieth <laughs> a question or two this week uh, for a story that Brentley Romine with the Golf Channel is doing. It's like an oral history of the 2012 NCAA Championships at Riviera, which was an all time great classic. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Texas, Alabama. Alabama, and uh, so I tried to get Spieth for a couple minutes. He was signing autographs. I went up and introduced myself to Greller and uh, asked him if Spieth had a couple minutes after he got done signing autographs, and uh, he told me no, but he told me no very politely. Very nice man, Michael <laughs> Greller, and uh, he said that that was a great week in 2012, uh, just not for JT. So, <laughs> but J- uh, JT, did, JT did win the Nicholas Award that week, but Jordan Spieth and, and Texas won the Natty. By the way, when we were watching Kepka, he was using a couple different drivers he was. on the range. Yep, yep. Um, DJ was using that. It wasn't a track, man. It had to be like a full swing thing. It, and it was like ev- after every single shot, he was looking down at it. Yeah. He loves him some numbers on his 125 yard in- and in shots. Especially. One more thing. The numbers are juiced on the board at the range. Oh yeah. They're juiced. Yes, absolutely. No yeah. way. Wolf Wolf's ball speed was 192 every single time. Didn't, uh, didn't Nick, <laughs> didn't Nick say he hit like a heel spinner and yeah. it was like 194. Yeah. Ball Nick speed goes, on look at the board. He goes, it says 193 <laughs> and he starts cracking up. Yeah. And it's, and it's probably closer to, I mean, I don't know, 183, maybe, yeah. maybe 10 miles an hour too high. Just on that one. Some of the lower ones, uh, like 
Kisner's, Kisner's, I think, was a misread, but one of his drivers said 138 ball speed. And <laughs> in 207. <laughs> yeah, it, it, said, it said it was 207 carry. And I'm like, man, Kisner really is one of the shortest guys on tour. Yep. Uh, Taylor, closing thoughts uh, about what you saw today. So, just a few things. One, you talk about who impressed me. Obviously, DJ's driver was really stellar to me. I love watching that. But probably the most Where he's been struggling. I, I, exactly. And it looked fairly good to me. Probably the most flush ball striker I saw all day, surprisingly, but not surprisingly, Thomas Peters. That oh. guy just absolutely flushes the ball every damn time. Oh, my God, it's so good. If he can learn how to putt, he's going to be a contender this week. I was fixing to say, Thomas Peters is, I mean, he is just classic guy who should be so much better than he is. It's and frustrating you, at this you point. You remember uh, whenever he came out, his inaugural Ryder Cup appearance, and it's like, oh, this is going to be Mr. Ryder Cup for the next two decades. R- Rory called him his partner, and he hadn't been able to make the squad yeah. since. Rory said he'd be his partner for the next decade so, and disappeared. Exactly. So, the few other things I saw, uh, other thing is, going back to your point, Sam, about using bounce for Tiger, mm-hmm. these pros know how to use the bounce. Unbelievable. Uh, you can tell when they want to spin it, they're pretty much slapping the bottom of the club at the ball. When they want to release it, keep the handle forward, getting it in there, not losing the bounce. So, it's just a work of art to see that. To that point as well, I watched Hideki hit some bunker shots, and he was just hitting it, carrying it past the hole, sucking it back from like a 20-yard bunker shot, sucking back like eight feet. Hideki's a guy not many people are talking about. Oh, I'm talking about He's got about a chance. I'm He's talking got, about oh, I am too. And, and to that point, he actually hit like three or four like blades over the green. So it goes to show that when you're practicing, you got to practice hitting close to the ball if you want to hit spinners because yeah. that's because that's the only way you can. Wh- put which spinner. is something a lot of amateurs are terrified to yeah. do because people like me have hit one too many bunker shots that you mean to carry 15 yards with spin and you carry a 60 yards because you bladed it. One more thing that's a little shocking to me when watching these guys is it's not that much different from a top ranked amateur. Like when the, when they're on the range, as far as ball striking goes, it, I mean they do some amazing th- things like Wolf hitting you know massive drives, right? But as far as but a guy the, like Eugenio Lopez Chikara, if typical, he came out and hit balls on the range, he would look like he he belonged. Well, a hundred percent. I'm not even talking about that good. I'm talking about like even your you know local best player in Oklahoma City, right? I don't know who that is, right? But what I'm saying is. These guys clearly just know how to get the ball in the hole, and there's a fine line there because the ball striking isn't that much different. Like, it's solid, but it's just way more consistent on the PGA Tour. And, and look, they're going to do it out of 100 times. They're going to do it more often than not. But they, there was bad shots hit out there. Yeah. I mean, I saw a lot – like, the guys off tee boxes, they weren't hitting all fairways. That's why they are hitting two or three shots a drive because, like, on 13, I saw Cam Smith hit one very good. The next one he hit – Freaking 30 yards right. Whoa. So, I mean. <laughs> Typical for Cam Smith, by the it way. Was, it was spot on, Cam but, Smith. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say, guys, is you never see the bad shots on TV. And when you go out and watch a tournament live, you actually see that these guys are human, right? Yeah. I mean, Tiger, seriously, the, the first iron shot he hit out of 18 fairway today. It was I bad. Mean, 40 he, yards short. He caught two grooves low, came up out of it, just low trajectory, never got up in the air, just totally just thinned it way short of the green. And you know what it was, Colby? An uneven line. And you know what he did? He went up to it with a 60 degree, and he threw it way up in the air and spun it to a foot. Go. I mean, that's and that's the difference. I mean, when they hit a bad shot, then they get the next one up and down. So, anything else, so, Taylor, before yeah, we get out of here? Go ahead, Sam. Real quick, while we're on Tiger, our Monday opinion on where he finishes. It, it's You can change later in the week, but right now, after Monday, where does Tiger finish? Somewhere right around where he thought Shoffley was, T34. 
or solo 33rd, Does whatever he, we're talking about. So he makes about. the cut? T-Dub says he makes the cut? I absolutely uh, think he makes the I cut. I say he makes the cut. Uh, I'll go like T-41. I, I still think he needs to build strength. I think he'll be in better position going into the weekend. I think he fades a little bit physically Saturday and Sunday. I, I think maybe going into the weekend, he's sitting like T-15-ish and then finishes, fades a little bit on the weekend until he builds a little bit more strength. Mark Rogers asked me today what the percentage chance I think Tiger has to make the cut. I told him 90%. Ooh, I said 90% nice. to make the cut. I kind of tend to agree with T-Dub and you that he might fade a little bit on the weekend, similar to what we saw at Augusta National. Maybe he won't putt quite as bad as he did at Augusta Let's National. Hope not. I just It's only been five weeks. He needs more time to build. He's stronger than he was at Augusta, but, but he needs more time to really get stronger. And it's a slightly easier course to win. But I yeah. refuse to believe that Tiger Woods with so much course knowledge, and and it doesn't look bad. Even the short game looks so, so good. I refuse to believe that he's going to miss the cut this yeah, week. Yeah, I don't think he misses the cut either. I think if you've got Saturday and Sunday tickets, I think you'll get to see Tiger. And I, I hope everybody everybody gets to. Well, uh, before I finish my thought, guys, was there any talks of Phil around the media center? Mm-hmm. Um, what were they a little saying? Bit. I, a little bit. I didn't really hear much, honestly. Did you, Sam? I mean, I heard a little bit, and... You know, some rumors and stuff like that that I can't necessarily say on the podcast, but it wasn't... it's just gossip, and you don't want to... Yeah, exactly, but, you know, similar to all the stuff we always talk about with Phil. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of all up in the air, but... So, two two more things that I got here. So, you know how we always talk about Cam Smith over-the-top swing, and I I thought it was interesting that his swing and John Rahm's swing, notorious for being short, right? Mm -hmm. It looks more exaggerated in person than it does on TV. Really? Like, Rom's backswing looks like he's going to hit a damn punch shot. And it, it, the ball goes 330 yards. And then Cam Smith, I mean, th- this club looks like it's pointed 40 yards right at the top of the swing. It really boggled my mind. I'll tell you one thing that surprised me today. I didn't realize John Rom was that tall. He's a, a pretty decent, yeah. He, he's he about the same height as DJ. Almost. A little shorter, I think, but taller than I thought, too. He's stout, though. Oh, yeah. And it explains he's a big why the boy. short backswing will hit it far. Then, last thing I got to say is. Very fascinating in practice rounds to see who guys play with. I think that was interesting. The group of the day, DJ, Rom, Hatton, Harry Hicks. Wow, how about that group? I, I, I watched them come up on 18. That was a treat. What are the teams in that group? DJ and Rom team up and make Hatton and I Hicks would, play? I would like to see who uh, who won that who won that? Bet. I think that's a DJ and Hatton because DJ is almost too calm and Tyrrell Hatton has no calm at all. <laughs> so that's a good team. And then Rom and uh, Harry Higgs for uh, the big Burley spin. So two other teams I saw that like Kepka, Louie, and Stuart Sink. That was kind of weird. Okay. And then our boy uh, used golf facts, Patrick Reed, played with Lonto Griffin. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. I thought he might I've have heard... Kerry Cosby out there with him. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, how funny Just from what I've heard about Lonto Griffin, that makes sense. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good stuff. Great day at Southern Hills. Boys, awesome stuff. Guess what? We are back at it tomorrow. It is an entire week at Southern Hills. Unbelievable golf course. Best players in the world. Tomorrow, So many guys are talking tomorrow. Rory, Tiger, JT. Just, I mean, it's a loaded, jam-packed loaded schedule tomorrow uh, and Wednesday. Sam's pulling it up. He'll give you a I couple more names I have the schedule right here Tigers as far as noon. interviews go. Yeah, Tiger's at noon. Central. Noon so, Central. So he'll play before that, so, so I got to get there. Here early. we go. 9 a.m., Rory McIlroy. 9.30, John Rahm. And then we'll go 30 minutes and 30 minutes. So then it's... Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, then the PGA press conference, you know, with uh, Jim Richardson, uh, Seth Waugh, Kerry Haig. Um, and then that, we, that sounds like a really good time to walk up the hill and get somebody. Well, <laughs> no, because that's at, a, that's at 11, and we have Tiger Woods at noon, and you oh, probably yeah. need a spot 
It's like a three-minute walk. I'll be back. You probably – Dude, you better go. Hey, the press area is not that big this it year. It really isn't. We were standing there – It's not the, that much bigger than it was at the senior PGA. We were standing there for and Taylor like Gooch. like four boots. And everybody – like every mic was taken for Taylor Gooch. And I looked at Sam and I said, I don't think this place is going to be big enough at noon tomorrow. No, it's, it's gonna not. Be, we're going to be packed Y'all in there like Y'all going to have to get there at like 10 and like hold your spot. We're going to have to be packed in there like uh, starting. Justin Thomas at 1230 – Cam Smith at one o'clock. Patrick Cantlay. You know what that tells me? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. That tells me that Tiger and JT will probably play tomorrow morning. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. Twelve and twelve thirty on the yeah. press conference. Uh, side. By the way, if you're trying to catch Matt Wolf, uh, Nick said they'll probably be out there around nine o'clock. Okay, so, yeah, get out there. Um, Seriously, watch Wolf hit some bombs. High and far. Two thirty. We have Sam Burns. Three o'clock. Jordan Speed. Three thirty. Scotty Scheffler. Four o'clock. Hideki. And 4.30, Xander Shoffley. I wonder if that means uh, Spieth and Scheffler are going to play together as well. Friends, Longhorns. Makes sense. Could be. Yeah. Uh, also Sam Burns the- would probably play in that group with Scotty as well, their boys. Yeah, I would think so. We, we brought up that Tiger played the back today, so 99% chance he just plays the front tomorrow. Yeah. Jake, so. uh, yes, almost certainly he's going to play if the you front need, tomorrow. If you want to catch Tiger, I would say you need to get out at – be on the grounds at the course at 8. Yeah, I think the gates open at seven. Yeah, so I mean, you'll you'll if you get there at like ten, you'll probably see what I saw today. Right, you'll see him coming up right at the end. You'll get, but to he's see, only playing nine holes, so yeah. don't drag your feet. Yeah, you'll get to see a couple. Now iron we know shots he's done by noon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great stuff. We're back at it tomorrow on Southern Hills Golf dot org. It's got Southern covered, Columbus, Norman, the regionals. Uh, great job today by both OU and OSU. Hopefully they can keep it rolling and uh, the next couple days and advance to Greyhawk without too much trouble and too much stress like we had uh, with the Sooners last year in Albuquerque. Uh, by the way, 98.1, the sports animal yep. as well for all of the hits during the week. Although, my dad will still be doing his show from uh, remote tomorrow on and Tuesday. Then, and then, and then he'll be up here Wednesday through Sunday. And we'll do a bunch of stuff with him, not only on the podcast, but on 98.1, the sports animal as well. Absolutely. All right. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole. Instagram, 73rd hole. That's all. Everybody have a great night. We're back tomorrow with more from Southern Hills. Thanks for listening to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.